Hey, Kyle, I listened to some uh, sermons the other day. That's a good thing for a preacher to do. Listen I to know, preachers. because, I mean, you listen to other preachers and you don't have to study your own sermons or whatever. You can just pull them on your yeah, own. I mean, whatever. Exactly you know, right. Get yeah. some quotes, whatever you need to do. But, you know, I was listening to one by Jonathan Edwards. Maybe you've heard of it. Sinners in the Hands of an Angry Podcast. Cue the jingle. <laughs> You know what time it is, time for another train wreck. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors in New Mexico are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. I'm Matt Hensley, the pastor of Mayhill Baptist and managing editor for Lifeway Pastors. And I'm Kyle Bierman, the pastor of First Baptist Church, Alamogordo, New Mexico, and director of replanter development for the North American Mission Board. And we together, we have 31 years of combined ministry experience. And well, we still listen to other preachers to get our material. Uh, so you could say, Matt, that we're experts at what not to do. Basically, Kyle's entire life. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's going to be the, that's going to be my memoir, right? An expert in yeah. what not to do. Yes, but before we dive in, allow us a moment to tell you that this podcast is brought to you in part by the Christian Standard Bible. So you could say that we're the official podcast of the Word of God. We love the CSB for its blend of readability and accuracy and encourage you to check it out at csbible.com after the show. Now Kyle, let's start with you. How is the fam we don't have lego league i'm sure we we've got league. all kinds of sports going on has uh has your son met miss america or miss universe or anything like that yet no not yet not yet you know still that that uh that homeschool dream is still out there right okay. so uh no let's see Noah's in the middle of basketball season so so we are uh, burning up the the 90 miles between here and el paso uh for the next week or so as he finishes up basketball and then as we're recording this tonight uh, my daughter Haley started gymnastics. She had her first ever gymnastics class. So uh, you know, I'm booking my. Uh, we're, we're just we're booking our our tickets right now uh, for for the Summer Olympics here in in a few years because I have no doubt that we're going to be there, right? So I don't even know yeah. where it is, but I'm booking a flight right now. Definitely. Here's my question: Is why aren't okay. you there at the practice? Uh, that's a good question. So tonight, uh, for the what very kind first of dad one, are you? Yeah. what yeah. kind of dad are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the very first one, uh, I missed it. I will take her to Palenti. I am okay. certain. Okay, so, and yeah. maybe she'll take you to Pilates. See, I mean, yeah, kind of play go. on words there, there but, but hey, here's one question I got: Is does Noah's like homeschool basketball league? Do they keep score or they do? Like, so let me brag on him for just a second, okay? So uh, he actually he's playing on a team that's set up. How's the church Christian going, school. man? No, <laughs> so he's uh, he's set up. Uh, he's playing on a team that's set up through a local Christian school, and um, yesterday they scored. His team scored 13 points compared to the opponents, like 29 or something like that. But Noah, my son, scored 12 of the 13 points that they scored. He wasn't a ball hog. He's just, he's in that weird stage. He's the tallest kid on the, on the team, sometimes tallest kid on the court, which is, which is a spot I never occupied. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I think yesterday, single-handedly, um, he outscored uh, my entire basketball career from like 
uh, little dribblers up to I, I quit my freshman year of high school is when I finally became smart enough to stop playing. So I think he I think he scored more points in a single game than I did in a span of about eight years. So, so, it was so you've got the future Olympian on the one hand and yeah, then you've got right. the future Larry Bird on yeah. the other. And that's I mean, probably how it's going to work out, right? Because I can't stand the NBA. So I'm, I'm definitely going to raise an, an NBA kid, which, you know what? <laughs> More power to him. Yeah. <laughs> that means he can put me in a better nursing home when we get to that point. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so how about y'all, man? What's going on in the Hensley household? Well, uh, I think it's like the Black Plague. Um, I'm sure there's how, a vaccine for that, man. There. Well, yeah. Um, we haven't been to Washington or... Oregon or anything, but anyway, um, no one has the flu and, and, you know, I know you're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight, but in this case, I'm walking by sight and seeing, you know, this daughter in close proximity to the other three daughters <laughs> yeah. and thinking it's, it's just a matter of time. When's the next one going to fall? And even today, you know, I was just kind of achy and, and not quite sure if it was going to hit me too. And I'm just like throwing down you know, sunny delight, which probably isn't even real orange juice and uh, <laughs> apples and drinking lots of water and took a nap and everything, because that's the last thing that I need right now is the flu. But uh, nothing broke this dad's heart more than coming home from praise practice tonight. And like she was hugging the dining room table chair Aww. like this tears flowing down, um, just kind of whimpering and everything hurts, you know, her back, uh, everything. And uh, this is our oldest, actually, who is never sick, uh, has a high, high, high tolerance of pain, uh, but is just absolutely miserable. And nothing just hurt my heart more than coming yeah. home. And, you know, how, how are you feeling? And I mean, she just couldn't even answer. I mean, she oh. she's just crying. So, so that's pretty rough. Other than that, Everything is great. Um, other than, you know, well, let me just say, man, I love when we can record these in person, but I am grateful that tonight is not one of those times. I know. We're recording I know, it in person. Sure. I am happy to see you on the video tonight. <laughs> I've, I've just been walking around and I've got like Lysol in one pocket and then Germex in the other. And it's yeah. like any, any door that I come to, it's like, here's a little spray. And, and then if I, you know, give a daughter a hug or something. It's like, oh, here comes the Germex again. Like, I, I don't want what you got. <laughs> nope. I love you, but I don't want that. Yeah. So yeah. what about the cool. church, man? It going okay? Yeah, yeah. Things are going great. Um, and, you know, we, we talked all about facilities last week. We are gearing up. If it'll stop raining, uh, we're gearing up to have a roof replaced over the next week or so. So that's exciting. You, you've you seen the the uh, um, roof leak stains in my office and pretty just right, you, right over where my computer is. So I'm pretty excited to get that roof fixed. <laughs> I, I, I just thought you had like a design thing. Like it was a polka dot. Uh, oh, yeah. Ceiling. I just thought it was just something millennial pastors do yeah yeah some some weird ceiling design <laughs> yeah now now our our church is going great we uh um, we yeah. had we were supposed to have three baptisms this past sunday and uh then one kind of got cold feet uh going through some stuff and and i think at home and so forth and and so uh we'll wait a little bit for that but we've kicked off the year i guess now with i think that's four or five baptisms wow, and awesome. uh, yeah i made the joke before the end of the year that we were saving some for 2019 so that we would make sure we wouldn't have a goose egg in 2019. <laughs> that isn't what happened here. That was totally, <laughs> a joke. Uh, but we're, it's, it's just, again, been, uh, I, I mean, the only thing to describe it 
is just a roller coaster. Like just yeah. so, so many great things are, are happening. People are excited. And uh, like anything else, when that happens, there's also some uh, pushback. Uh, but that's an exciting thing to me is when there is some of that, I'm like, something's coming and, and something's happening. And so gotcha. it's been really awesome. So uh, glad your church is going to have a roof. Glad our yeah. church is going well. But there's something that happens inside of our buildings, uh, yep. typically on Sunday. Uh, what happens at May Hill is far better than what happens at First Alabama. <laughs> but still, uh, what we're talking about, of course, is preaching, right? right? And right. so that's, that's the that's the talk tonight and uh, today, whenever you're listening to this, is preaching. And we've talked a little bit about how to um, make a sermon, how we do our different studying, uh, how we kind of format a sermon, some of those kinds of things. Uh, but tonight we're going to look specifically in terms of revitalization, at least if we're on the same page. I think we are. Uh, and, and talk a little bit about some revitalization side of preaching. Kyle, talk to us. Yeah. So, I mean, preaching is that deadline that we have every single week, right? So we've talked about this before, no matter what else happens, no matter what funerals, um, what visitations, uh, whether there's a baptism to, to prepare for or not, um, no, no matter what else happens during the week, there is a preaching deadline week in and week out. And usually that's from the vast majority of us, that's going to happen on Sunday morning. And, and I would say for most of us that are listening, uh, our deadline is probably sometime before Saturday night um, due to, you know, bulletin stuff or, or whatever, if you put your outline in the bulletin. Um, so for me, that's that's usually Thursday morning. I try to at least have a bare bones outline that I can put in the bulletin um, by uh, by Thursday m morning. But in, in, in the case of church revitalization, we want to specifically talk about um, what to preach, right? So as you said, we, we've talked how to preach before uh, and, and walk through some of the stuff that, that we've done, some of the resources we use, but we wanted to talk specifically what topics or what books, how, how to preach in church revitalization. Yeah, I was going to say, you're about to trigger me right there with the whole topic thing. We we, we, we kind of are careful with that kind of stuff. Uh, but, uh, well, you do no, have a topic, you know, right? I mean, you have a topic that you're preaching on. It's just, hopefully, that topic is a specific passage, but, but those I passages know. cover topics. I, just, I had to give you a hard time. And, <laughs> and I have to say, I, I wish that all of these times that our text-driven preaching, uh, you know, verse by verse, when some of these topics, as you mentioned, do land on something very timely. I wish that I could take credit for it, uh, but I'm in the middle of TurboTax season and, and all of that kind of stuff. And we have made it to that glorious part of Mark that I just wish wasn't there. Mark chapter 12, uh, verse 13 and on uh, with the question about the taxes and uh, rendering to Caesar what is Caesar. And, and that's just one where I, I would just assume wasn't in the Bible because I don't like taxes. I think taxation is theft. I mean, you know, it's so, so you know, we joke about that kind of stuff, but that's what's neat too is when you're going through uh, the Bible verse by, by verse, in that case, uh, when you're hitting some of these topics, every topic you can imagine is going to be there. And sometimes by God's grace, it's going to be exactly what you need. So taxes are on our people's mind. Uh, a godless government, uh, especially with some of the things that we've been seeing happening in, in New York, which is sort of old news for people in New Mexico. Uh, but uh, you have some of that kind of stuff happening and you realize that then you come to a text and it's 
you know, you, you kind of notice real quick that Rome uh, was not much better than the United States, and yet here we are. And so it, it still helps you to kind of walk through with your people what's on their mind and what Scripture has to say about it and, and how we are to live. And, 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 that, and text-driven preaching allows you to do that without coming across as you're just jumping on whatever cultural bandwagons going on, right? So, you know, we could, we could all kind of nitpick our favorite topics and preach on those. The thing with text-driven preaching, if, you, if you're just preaching through, in your case, like uh, Mark, this past Sunday, we, we started 2 Timothy. And, and what, I've, what I've found out time and time again is that no matter where I am in, in the Bible, we're going to encounter things that are culturally relevant when I've had a book on the calendar for months to preach. And, and what, what I'm able to do then is to say, hey, look, I'm not just pulling this out of thin air. This, this, this passage has been scheduled for this Sunday for like the last six months. And yet look at how it's lining up perfectly with what we see either in our church, in our community, in our nation. It, it, it works. The, the, it's like the Bible speaks still today. It's like it's living and active there, Matt. Fancy that. I, I yeah. mean, because it says it is. But it does. And, and, and what's nice about that is in, in one hand, that kind of gives us a pass is when we hit adultery and or divorce or something, and then there's somebody recently divorced or, or committing adultery or whatever. It's not us picking on them. We're walking through scripture. Right. On, on the flip side, you know, I've, I've served in a church where you knew uh, that there was going to be something coming down uh, in a business meeting. Uh, about you know some big change or some big decision or something when the pastor on the Sunday before just teed off on alcohol or teed off on uh, the lottery, all, all of just the easy, low-hanging fruits of kind of Southern Baptist culture or whatever, he would just tee off on it. And then he's going ask, for the hate. Oh yeah. He, he, and, and we got fired up or we, you know, the church got really fired up and he would have the music minister pick some of the old, uh, you know, faithful hymns, you know, all the ones that everybody knew. We didn't do any new songs on Sunday, but here's the thing is it's one thing to faithfully preach against the lottery or, you know, moderate sure. alcohol consumption, whatever, but the church is smart too. And so I would be sitting out in the audience or whatever and then he would start in on one of these sermons. And then the guy next to me, who, who was a pretty smart guy, would lean over and say, what's he about to do? <laughs> every time, <laughs> yeah, what's every time, what's coming? <laughs> and uh, and so, so, yeah, going through the Bible, verse by verse, all that kind of stuff, alleviates some of that, helps us to cover everything that the Bible speaks about. Yeah. Where it's also silent, we don't have to feel like we have to give our two cents either. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so, yeah, what, what are your thoughts there? And, and I was just about to say, for, for one thing that that does for me as a preacher is it takes the pressure off, right? So, so at the very least, if, if I don't have anything else um, on, you know, coming, uh, if you have like a busy week, if you don't have anything else by Wednesday, you at least know what your passage is, right? Which is, <laughs> if, I mean, if you're, if you're just preaching topically, that's half your work right there. So, so we at the very least know from week to week, like, you know, you're going to be in Mark and you're going to be whatever passage uh, after you were in this last Sunday. I know, you know, we introed Second Timothy, we read the letter, so I know this Sunday, right off the bat, coming in when I get up Monday morning, I'm gonna be in Second Timothy one, one through seven. Now I may not know yet what I'm gonna say about it, but but I know where my passage is, and that's big. So so let's talk specifically um preaching and revitalization quickly. And 
you're always plugging stuff on facts and trends. So I'm going to plug the NAM replant blog just for a second, uh, which by the way, you and I both have articles on there uh, this week, or excuse me, this month. You, you have one coming up uh, in just a couple of days. Um, in on the NAM replant blog in February, we're focusing on preaching. You can find that at nam.net uh, forward slash replant dash blog. Okay, that's where you find it. Um, so we, we have a uh, there's an article there from uh, Dr. Joe Bunce, who's the executive director of the Baptist Convention of New Mexico on preaching the Old Testament in, in church revitalization. Something I know you you're doing right now because you're preaching through Psalms at night. Um, I, I I have a tendency to lean towards the new testament and so that was a really You've good unhitched. reminder to yeah <laughs> i've <have> not unhitched <laughs> um I, I have preached the old testament but but I, I do have a tendency to lean towards the the new testament so uh, on the blog this month we have his article talking about the old testament um there's an article that you wrote on preaching through the psalms because you are somewhat ooh, ooh. familiar with with that i'm an um, expert and, and then an article from from nathan loudon that we actually reposted uh from nine marks on preaching through amos and why you should do that. Um, and then Mark Halleck, who uh, is at uh, the Calvary family of churches in the Denver area, uh, is going to have two articles on how to raise up preachers in our churches so that, Matt, when you are on vacation, you're not scrambling to find a preacher. You can say, hey, I've got some guys here that, we've, that we're raising up to, to preach. Um, and because as we've said, one, I think we'd both agree with this, one of the keys in church revitalization is making sure the word of God is proclaimed faithfully. Because in, in my opinion, it doesn't matter what else we do. I mean, if we're running 350, 400 people in two years, but the word of God's not being faithfully preached, we have not revitalized the church. Yeah. Preaching is where it starts. And I, and I think everything else flows out of that. Yeah. And we, we joked about it when we, you know, began too, is part, part of preaching, of course. You've got your explanation uh, and your application and conclusion, all of that kind of stuff that that most of us have in some variation of our, our sermons. Some of us will do illustrations. Um, the best illustrations, in, in my experience at least, are the ones that have happened to me, uh, to my family, things that I've experienced. Uh, but then sometimes we go to the internets to find another uh, illustration. I found one, in fact, today for my sermon on uh, the taxes, which was, in, in my opinion, I mean, it made me laugh out loud when I uh, read it. And so I, I was like, that's going in the sermon. And <laughs> and so, uh, but but one of the things too is you, you want your people to be able to trust you uh, with the word of God. And, uh, and so when you're rightly dividing the, the word of God, it's one thing to handle that correctly. But it's also another thing that you need to be faithful in your uh, quoting and your illustrations and so forth. And and we're we're not necessarily. I I think I can speak for Kyle and saying we're not saying that in in every single instance in your sermon you need to, just need to say this guy said this and this guy said this this guy said this. Sometimes it's you know. Uh, in the past, it was said, you know, something real simple like that. You don't have to point out each and every one. But when you're going to post that stuff out there uh, for all to see, it's also important to make sure that that if you've got your name on it, you said it. Uh, or if uh, somebody else said it, that the right person said it. There's a yeah. ton of stuff uh, that's attributed to Spurgeon uh, that Spurgeon didn't say. And it, a lot of it, like, you know, sounds like Spurgeon. 
but it's not him. It might be a student. Uh, that stuff happens. And so do your homework. And, and some of that, I know, uh, being busy, uh, especially if you're bivocational, things like that, that you may want to find something real quick and, and tie it in there and not take the time to maybe do a little research, but just take the extra few seconds to say, is this who said it? Is it, did I come up with it? If I didn't, who said it, you know, and, and just be faithful with your, uh, attributing those quotes as they need to go, because we see a lot of that, uh, in, in yeah. the social media world at different times. And, uh, it, it's just, it, it makes you lack credibility in the pulpit. And, uh, you, you want to be known as somebody that's faithful to hand the word of God, handle the word of God. And also part of that, um, is being honest and having integrity with those you quote and, and how you quote and all that kind of stuff too. Uh, we're going to throw some of this stuff in the show notes. We've got a great article on uh, facts and trends. Since you got to plug Nam, I'll plug that. Uh, talking about that, about you know how to uh, quote people in your sermons. And, and simply, there's two questions you need to ask is who said it and uh, where did he say it? And, uh, and so we wrote about that. Uh, Chris Holshoff, I don't think I said that right. Uh, but he's a, a professor at Liberty and a good friend of mine that I don't know how to say his name, but I can say Chris. Uh, but we all know that I can't say all of my words very good anyway. You, you Kyle, don't say them very accurately. Accurately. <laughs> accurately. Kyle, anything else before um, we wrap up? Yeah. So as we wrap up, I'm going to put you on the spot and then I have, I have one ready to go to. For our people, what is your favorite preaching resource? Whether it's a website or a book or something like that, what is your what is your go to preaching resource? Preachingsource.com. I had a feeling that was coming. Yep. And yeah. so and, and I'll I'll at least say why. One is because it has sermons that I've enjoyed being at the conferences and stuff. And so I might go back and uh, especially Stephen uh, W. Smith, I like some of those. Uh, but one of my favorite things is is how quickly I can get into the hands of maybe a bivocational pastor that's wanting to know, you know, Hey, what's a good Bible to, uh, or, or chapter to start preaching for my people doesn't have a whole lot of time to study it. And like you said earlier is one of the, uh, the hardest things is coming up with your, you know, your text. And one of the things that they have is sermon structures. And, uh, I don't know how many they have, uh, maybe about 10 or 15 right now, but they've broken up uh, the sermon text, the, you know, a book like first John or whatever, and it breaks it up in all of the pericopes. And, uh, and so you already have your, your text in a very text driven manner and they'll give some insights as to what's kind of the main idea here. And so it's kind of a great, uh, like a Kickstarter for your sermon. And so anytime I, somebody asks about, you know, Hey, uh, I need some help finding a text or finding a book to preach or whatever. I send them there. And so between that, that doesn't help me as much because, you know, they haven't actually done a book that I've, I've preached yet. <laughs> so, but on the other hand, it does help me with pastors that are looking yeah. for a little help, some links to follow and some conferences to watch. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah. And I would say, I would add to that and say their sermon starter videos are really good. Their intros yeah. that they've done. And, and yeah, you, as you said, they don't have a ton of books yet, but, but it's coming down, down the pike. Um, I'm going to reference folks. I'm going to send folks to Bible bulletin board and that is BibleBB.com. Are you familiar with that one, Matt? I've never heard of it okay. in my life. So, okay. So Bible bulletin board, it's a collection of sermons. We, we've talked a lot of Spurgeon. They have 1200 
uh, or so sermons uh, from Spurgeon, uh, around 100 from Jonathan Edwards, uh, 60 or so from George Whitfield, 90 from J.C. Ryle, Thomas Watson, John Bunyan, John Owen, John Newton, uh, a ton of older, uh, the Puritan uh, era preachers. And um, almost every passage in the Bible is covered by one of those preachers. And so that's that's usually my first go-to to see, first of all, did Spurgeon preach this passage? Can I find a yeah. sermon that Spurgeon preached on it? And and then after I'll after I get that and read it, then then uh, preaching sources usually my next go to. So BibleBB.com. It it looks like a, a website from the 1990s, but it's <laughs> immensely helpful. <laughs> that's that's what's sometimes good about you know those old sermons and so forth is if I ever come up with something that seems so new and so out there um, that that I want to go back and see did anybody else come up yeah. with this? And it's because it's most certainly not because I'm brilliant. So, you know, I want to make sure it's, it's am I just wrong? Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that's where those come in. But it is time to hop off the train. We are grateful that you took the time to listen in today. And if you haven't, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever your podcasts are found. You can also visit us online at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com or on Facebook under Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or on MySpace. Psych. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kyle, send us out. Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. And remember, you are all in our top eight. You're not in my top eight. <laughs>